From the Ohio School Boards Association, I'm Scott Gerfin. This is Leading the Way, brought to you by Forward Edge LLC. Well, for this episode, we're coming to you from the Sheridan on Capitol Square at the March 21st State Legislative Conference, where more than 150 school board members, superintendents, and treasurers had the opportunity to hear from Governor Mike DeWine, Senate President Matt Huffman, and House Speaker Jason Stevens. Joining me today is OSBA President Christine Varwig. She's a Toledo Public Schools board member. Linda O'Connor, who serves on the Lakota Local Board in Butler County. And Terry Gibson, who serves on the Lachlan Local Board in Hamilton County and Great Oaks Career Campuses. Welcome to you all and thanks for being here. We heard a lot from leadership today and we do appreciate their participation. They answered so many questions. Of course, there are many bills impacting public education from restructuring the Ohio Department of Education and State Board of Education to universal vouchers. Uh, Chris, let me begin with you. Continued funding of the Fair School Funding Plan is part of Governor DeWine's budget, but we also have the backpack bill, uh, which the Nonpartisan Legislative Service Commission has priced at more than a billion dollars. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on what you heard today? Well, I certainly appreciate leadership coming here to um, give us uh, their talking points and their thought processes around what they're offering. The problem that I have is one, uh, at the end of the day, you need to fund your public schools prior to anything else. Uh, when it comes to public education and education in general. So when we talk about the Ed Choice vouchers, um, you know what, those are taxpayer dollars. They are um, not accountable. They are frivolous, in my opinion. It's the same thing with your police and fire departments, your community taxpayer dollars, your state dollars. All of that is paying for services that are essential to the public. Public education is in that same vein. And so while I appreciate the governor bringing forth a lot of great ideas and uh, funding for mental health and you know well-being, those type of things, that's fantastic. At the end of the day, fund public schools and not fund private schools until you take care of your public schools first. Linda, I uh, want to get your thoughts. Uh, unlike Chris, who represents uh, an urban district, you represent a suburban district. Well, in terms of the voucher piece, you know, I found it interesting and, and actually appreciated that on a bipartisan level, I was hearing concern about what I would say would be a level playing field, that there needs to be accountability for any entity providing education for Ohio students, not just public schools, but private and charters as well. Um, rather, that's fiscal measures. I heard someone suggest a five-year forecast required for all entities. I heard another person suggest um, that we do a requirement that there's those as those taxpayer dollars are going out from public schools to private schools, there needs to be better tracking on that. And those are bipartisan comments, which I appreciated that they're looking at that in a broader sense of is every child, no matter where they attend, no matter what school choice their family takes advantage of, is every child receiving the same high quality education. So I thought that was terrific to hear. Um, I agree with Mrs. Varwig on the issue of the governor's proposed budget in terms of the dollars invested towards student safety and student wellness and a particular emphasis on literacy and the fact that he was willing to invest in high quality curriculum and evidence-based practices and professional development that were really going to go toward that together. I, I thought that was terrific too. 
And Terry, how about you? You represent uh, a smaller district compared to Chris's and Linda's district. Uh, what are some of the thoughts that you heard today from legislators and the governor? Hearing uh, Representative Byrd, <clears throat> excuse me, in talking about retaining and, and getting teachers into the profession, um, my opinion on that would be that, you know, teachers, and, and he also made a comment on uh, the report card. Now, teachers are, you know, in, in school every day. Our, our small school, it, one kid is a big representative of a percentage of the report card. And we have teachers making progress, and then you get your report card and you see an F, then why would a teacher want to stay? Why would it, they want to come into the profession? So that's something that, you know, I think needs to be addressed, and he sounded very uh, open to talking about that. And Chris, uh, I think Terry set you up on that because uh, you were on the same page with him when it comes to the state report card, right? Absolutely. I was actually really excited to hear from Representative Byrd about that um, component of the report card. Um, I agree with Terry. You know, the current report card for the state is very punitive, and really what it evaluates is the poverty level in your area. So uh, we already know that we have socioeconomic issues in my district. Terry knows he has it in his district. So, right, and so at the end of the day, um, you know, in Toledo um, and um, in Luckland area, we've worked in the urban network within OSPA to create an alternative report card. And we're ready to go with it. Uh, we'd like to shop it out. And I will tell you, I would love, Terry and I talked about connecting with Representative Byrd and showing him what we have to offer. One of the other uh, issues that was brought up today is the bill that would restructure the Ohio Department of Education and the State Board of Education. Do you guys think that that is going to happen? That's a great question. I am hearing, at least from our legislators that I've heard from, that there is political will to make it happen. Um, Senator Huffman talked about the motivation behind that from the Senate perspective is to deregulate K-12 through schools to some extent. I thought that was interesting, but he also talked about bringing back local control. And I'm not quite sure how all that's going to work out. I'm, I'm trying to grasp the picture of how that works and not quite sure that I see that. But um, I appreciate the thought of deregulation. I think that would help all of our districts across the, di across the state. Still trying to understand how those details play into it, though. One of the other things I wanted to ask you all is, are your constituents hearing about these things? Are they coming to you about the backpack pill? Are they coming to you about the restructuring? What are you hearing from your constituents on all these issues? I feel as though I have a pretty aware community and definitely both sides of, of the issue. There's concern about public schools being defunded at the expense of, or private schools and charter schools being funded at the expense of public schools. And at the same time, there's a very strong feeling that school choice should be a family's option for what works best for their child. I would say uh, there's a very divided opinion on school choice within my community. I'd, like uh, Senator uh, Ingram said, choice has been there. So everybody has a choice, but it shouldn't be 
my my opinion is shouldn't be at the expense of public schools you, if you want to go you can go at your own cost but it's we we have uh, kids that take the voucher and go to private schools and that um, not as many as we used to but it still hurts us because the way we're funded we lose money and, it, and it's public money that's paying for a voucher and it takes away from public education and chris i know in your district you like to say that toledo public schools are uh, the true school choice so i think i know where you stand yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a firm believer and is my community that Toledo Public Schools offers the most, the truest school choice. Um, we are actually advocates for school choice. We have a plethora of choice in our district alone. What's great about it, though, is that we're accountable to the public. And you cannot say that with private schools. Um, it just doesn't happen. And so my community, I'm encouraging them to make phone calls to send emails if they're able to come down here to um, you know the state house and provide testimony that would be even better but most of our families are working we don't take a day off of school or a day off of work to come down here to provide testimony so um, you know I don't know where the private and charter schools are able to do that uh, I really don't I don't understand how that's uh, um, something they're able to do we can't do that in our district but I do encourage my community uh, to go ahead and make phone calls and send emails in to their legislators. I really want to thank you all for uh, taking the time to uh, record this podcast with me. I know you all have to get going and you've got meetings with legislators here coming up, but uh, I, I just want to get some final thoughts from you all. You know, Chris and I talked in a prior podcast about getting the community involved. Are you guys doing that in your communities? <clears throat> I certainly believe in Lakota we are, and our community are an essential part of our stakeholders. It really matters that we hear from them. Our schools are community assets, and our community voice needs to be heard in, in what we're doing for our students. So 100% agree with involvement by our community. We do community conversations on a monthly basis. We have fairly regular attendance by community members at our board members, and there are many other ways to communicate and to be involved and love to have them actually in our schools and seeing the great things that we're doing for our students. As far as community involvement, um, I think uh, we need to get the word out more. Our local newspaper in that don't really cover a lot of what's going on in Columbus. You know, Columbus Dispatch probably, I'll go to that and read the education right. parts. So somehow we need to get our newspapers involved and get get our community involved even more. And Chris, since you're the OSBA president, I leave you with the last word. Oh, my goodness. I want collaboration. I want our legislators to understand our point of view and to actually see what is going on in our districts. So I would actually encourage all of our school board members and our community members for that matter to invite all of your legislators. That includes your mayors, your city council folks, whoever, get them to be a part of the solution within your schools. Show them the great things that are going on. The more that we do that, the more united we become. Chris, Linda, and Terry, thank you so much for uh, coming on the OSBA podcast. I know I interrupted at least one of you guys' lunches, so I appreciate your time today. And also, another big thank you to our sponsor, Forward Edge LLC. Thank you. Thank you.
Whether you're a new board member or a seasoned veteran, you'll benefit from hearing the latest in legislation, board development, student achievement, and other critical topics at the Board Leadership Institute, April 28th and 29th in Columbus. This event will broaden your expertise, sharpen your leadership skills, and better equip you to tackle the challenges facing your district. Developed by board members for board members, this event features learning sessions tailored to you. Learn more and register at ohioschoolboards.org.